You mean the theme song to Atomic Monsoon, which you're now listening to? Yes, you're now listening to the theme... No, you're just listening to Atomic Monsoon. You just heard the theme song to Atomic Monsoon by the Def M Records All-Stars. I don't think that song's available, but if you'd like to hear other stuff like it, you can go to defmrecords.com, and you can find all kinds of music by a whole bunch of great bands uh, that have awesome guitar players and drummers and stuff, and... Musicians. Do it. That's the word. Yeah. Go to defmrecords.com. Support them. Support the guys that support us. Support. Support. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Steph. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good, Andy. How about you? Oh, you know, after those weird technical difficulties we were having last week, uh, much better since everything seems to be working for now. That's great. Yes. Yes. It's been a nice, uh, calm week. I've read a lot of comics. Um, got all my work done. You know. Doing, yeah. doing pretty good. Yeah, it's been a nice calm week over here, too. Just, you know, staying home and staying healthy and doing some around-the-house stuff. And then, uh, of course, my brother graduated high school last night, so congrats to him. Oh, congratulations. Yeah, so that was cool. Yeah. But yeah. Well, um, we are here. We are here. Here we, we are. are. We are here. We are here to talk about more of our favorite movies. Yay! Uh, between 2000 and 2009. Yes, 2000 to 2009, those movies. Yes. The, the aughts or the noughts or whatever you want to call that decade. Uh, yeah, that one. That one. <laughs> that, one. that decade of movies. <laughs> you know what's weird? What? That decade was two decades ago. My head hurts now. Yeah, it's it's uh <laughs> we're recording this May 29th, 2020. Uh so yeah, we are now in a decade after the decade after that decade. Ah. Uh, <laughs> just just so they all feel old now. Um <laughs> I have lived in Arizona now for exactly 20 years. Oh, oh, it's been a little bit longer than that for me. Um oh, yeah. 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 But I moved I, here in the year 2000. So ah. Excellent. Excellent. Well, that makes it easy to keep track of. It does, really. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, so our favorite movies from from that decade. Mm-hmm. Um, and we we had one honorable mention. We decided that. Mention. Yeah, we had gone a little overboard with honorable mentions, so we have one, and it's Iron Man. It is um, indeed. Yeah, because there were only like, listen, the Marvel Cinematic Universe is huge and is the highest grossing film series, and that's impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, also, as a guy that used to own a comic book store and worked at another one uh, and has been reading comics longer than Stephanie's been alive, actually, mm-hmm. um, kind of a big deal to me. So yeah. we thought, well, rather than list off our favorite Marvel movies as some of our favorite movies, just, yeah, Iron Man. Great. That's that's our honorable mention. Um, all the other ones actually came up between 2010 and 2020 anyways. Uh, but yeah, good job, Iron Man, for kicking off the MCU. Yay. And if you want to hear more of what we think about Iron Man, go listen to our We Are in the End Game Now episode that we recorded, I think, about a little over a year ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
yeah, right when the Endgame came out. We actually recorded the day that Endgame was released. Indeed. So, yeah. Uh, all right. So, Stephanie. Yes. What is one of your favorite movies from the 2000s? So, one of my favorite movies from the 2000s um, was one of the last films that DreamWorks made before they started to switch to like the CGI format. Um, and by CGI format, I mean Shrek. Uh, <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, it was the movie Road to El Dorado. Oh, I've seen that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, for those of you that haven't seen this movie, first off, I have a question for you. How have you not seen this movie? Uh, it's a meme, and it's practically everywhere uh, <laughs> in some format. Yeah, uh, it's that both meme, right? Yeah. Both, both. Both, both is good. Both is good. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, but long story short, the movie is about uh, these two Spaniards, uh, Tulio and Miguel, who just happen to end up sneaking aboard a Spanish ship that is heading toward the New World. Uh, and they end up finding themselves kind of, you know, they abandon ship with, the ho- with this horse um, and end up finding themselves stranded on an island where they discover, oddly enough, El Dorado. Uh, because, yeah, because Miguel got a map to El Dorado, so now they have the map, and now they're in this land that looks similar to the map, so now they're going to go look for El Dorado, and they end up finding it, and it's just a great story with great music and great moments and great memes. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I only saw the movie the one time, but mm-hmm. uh, I did enjoy it. Um, and actually, as of right now, as of right now, while we're recording this, it is streaming on Hulu if you are, have a Hulu subscription. So go watch it. <laughs> you can go watch it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But that is that is one of my favorite two thousands movies because I you know I thought about it. I mean obviously I grew up more in the two thousands so I remember sure. a lot more films. Right. Um, going to see, but you know Road to El Dorado is that one where I have I think I have gone back constantly and watched it and quoted it continuously. Um, of course you know it was between this one or Looney Tunes Back in Action which I've also watched countless times and <laughs> quote continuously. So. Yeah. If that's also a good movie, go watch that. <laughs> yeah. That is on Netflix. Yeah. Oh, excellent. Excellent. Yeah. yeah. Um, I only saw Road to El Dorado the one time, but uh, I enjoyed it. So I, I have just now added it to my things to watch to Hulu, and uh, I'll probably watch it after work one of these days. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what about you, Andy? What's one of your favorite 2000s movies? Okay. So this one is a new favorite. Um, this one, my roommate introduced me to just a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, during the quarantine while we're all locked down here in, in the early parts of 2020, um, my roommates and I have been watching a movie a night. And uh, so we just, you know, we, we rolled dice to determine who would pick in what order. Like, right, like, oh, we, it's, there's four of us. So, you know, we just rolled whoever rolled one got to go first, whoever rolled two, blah, blah, blah. Um, so, yeah, so we got introduced uh, on my roommate's pick to Interstellar 4-5, the story of the secret star system. Um and it is spelled a little weird, Interstellar, not Interstellar. It's it's E L L A at the end, and then four five is spelled five 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 five, uh, and then story of the secret star system. It's all fives instead of s's at the beginning of the the words, oh. um, because then there's four fives. Oh, I get it. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So Interstellar four five is um, there's no dialogue in this movie. Huh. It is uh, effectively just a music video to Daft Punk's album, Discovery. That's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Um, character designs and supervision was by Leiji 
Masumoto, um, who long-term anime fans would uh, know, he would recognize his work in stuff like Galaxy Express, excuse me, Galaxy Express 39, um, Space Battleship Yamamoto, Arcadia of My Youth, Captain Harlock, right? That whole mm-hmm. that whole thing that he does um, with all of his very slender, uh, kind of waif-like characters with all the the little curly cues in their hair and and big, you know glowy eyes and stuff yeah um yeah yeah so it has that look to it but it's about a bunch of aliens who get kidnapped and signed to earth and have to go on tour and then another alien guy comes down to try and save them and uh i don't know it it's not super long it's 65 minutes which is you know a little bit longer than the length of the album because there's like a little bit at the beginning and the end Mm -hmm. um the first few parts of it, like the first few songs, um, premiered on Toonami in 2001 as oh. just as just music videos. Like, if you didn't know, like, if you just turned it on and you watched it, you'd be like, oh, yeah, look, there's just music videos to these Daft Punk songs. That's weird. Yeah, that is weird. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then in 2003, they released all of them together on a DVD. And, and when you put them all together, it turns out it makes a movie. Huh. So, yeah. How would you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I uh, uh, I like movies where there isn't excessive dialogue, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I like good dialogue. I like well-written conversation in movies. Yes. But I also appreciate movies that uh, can show without telling, right? Yes. And, and if, you can, if you can tell me a good story without telling me a good story, uh, I think that that's a, a really effective method of doing that. Mm-hmm. So... Um, yeah, sometimes people just need to shut up and listen to music and, and watch some blue-skinned aliens rock out. Yeah, that's all you need. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Check that out later. Yes. Uh, and and uh, while it's not officially streaming anywhere at the moment, uh, a couple of people have uploaded it to YouTube. Um, okay. So, yeah, Interstellar 5555, um, you can find it. It's out there. Mm-hmm. Um I think yeah, the DVD really got released in 2003, and I didn't look up to see if it's been re-released on like Blu-ray or anything since. I don't know that it has, so, okay. uh, but it's out there. All right, cool. I'll have to go. Uh, I'll have to go find it and check it out. Yeah. Sweet. All right, uh, Stephanie, what is yes. another of your favorite movies from the 2000s? So another of my favorite movies, and I'm going to. Ha- I'm just going to go ahead and take uh, care of this one. So. This was a really hard one to choose from because there are three of them that exist. No, they're not Star Wars. <laughs> I was going to say, I, I thought there were only two Star Wars released in that decade. And then I was like, no, but the Clone Wars movie came out in like 2008, right? It so, did. It did. I have yeah. Star Wars on here. I'm getting to that later. Um, okay. But no, so this one, uh, this one came straight to Disney Channel in the year 2006. Okay. And then its sequel came out one year later in summer of 2007. And then its third sequel came out in theaters the following year in 2008. Hey, let me ask you. Yes. Uh, is this series of movies, is this a musical of some kind? It is. It is, is it High it? School Musical. <laughs> One, two, and three. Fair enough. Fair so, enough. The reason I will why admit I have not seen any of those at all. That so. is completely valid and completely fine. Um, please, please inform me about the High School Musicals. <laughs> so a l- little bit of a interesting story with this. So I was obviously the target ar- audience for this when it came out um, yeah, because I was, I was very I much elementary school at the time. Yeah, I was a, a 
dude in college, so I was not watching this. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, so they came out onto the Disney Channel, and this is actually the only Disney movie that I have, Disney movies that I have listed on here, because, like, there were a lot of really good Disney films that came out uh-huh. in the 2000s, but... In all honesty, though, I think Disney Channel had better films that came out than the Disney movies that came to theaters. And that's saying a lot because I really do love Lilo and Stitch and Atlantis and Treasure Planet and movies like that. But I was watching more. That's a hot take. That is a hot take. Yeah. But I I mean, I was watching more of the of of the DCOMs of the Disney Channel original movies than I was watching of the other Disney films. Because I think at that time, Disney was also not dropping an animated film every year. And if they were, I. I think I saw um, most of them, but I don't remember. They they were um, until about 2003 or so, and then Home on the Range was the last um, traditional oh, yeah. animated movie they did. Uh, and then, like, it kind of got hard to tell which ones were Disney and which ones were DreamWorks and which ones were Pixar. Like, Fox and Pixar. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, then they were... went back to traditional animation for Princess and the Frog in 2009. Right. And then I don't think they've done a traditionally animated movie since then, have they? Mm-mm. Nope. Yeah. So, no. um, but yeah, they did like Bolt and uh, oh, was, was the Robinsons Chicken... and yeah, yeah. And was Chicken Little Disney? I don't. Chicken remember. Little was Disney. Okay. So they were doing a movie a year, like they had mm-hmm. been, but um, yeah, early on in the in the aughts, they switched over to the CGI rather yeah. than the traditional animation. So, yeah. but, but all those movies are still really good, though. But I sure. I, I had to pick the High School Musical films because they kind of had an impact on my life because I really did enjoy them. I really did watch them. I was obsessed. I was a fangirl. I drooled over Zac Efron. I had his posters all over my wall because that was a thing (laughs) in the 2000s. Um, But the thing is, though, is that, you know, even as I got older and I go back and I just hear the music or I watch the movies, it's still really good. It's still got really great music. It still tells a really compelling story. It also really, it's also probably one of the few high school movies that I've watched that perfectly tells you that cliques do, really don't exist in high school. And mm. when I got to high school, I was like, oh, hey, it was right. There are no cliques. <laughs> oh, that's um, interesting. Okay. I mean, there were, but they weren't like as defined or as like isolated as you see in high school movies. So, see, so that's interesting because when I was in high school in the late 90s, mm-hmm. um, cliques very much were a thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, it now, it, it did, it wasn't quite as, like you said, as isolated or as segregated as uh, movies would have you believe. Yeah. We, we, we did have people that, like, you know, oh, this guy's on the football team, but also he's a skater, right? Yeah. Or, or you know, this guy's on the basketball team, but also he's good at chess, right? So, like, people would kind of shift between clicks mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah. Right? And, like, I was the weird guy that kind of got along with everyone, so I wasn't really on in any <laughs> click. I just, it was just, you know, some days I sat over at this table, some days I sat at this table, and it was just kind of whoever was like, hey, Andy, come over. Yeah, um, no. To be fair, I hung out with the, like, I, ha- I had lunch with kids that were very much kind of just, like, they were the bookworms, they were the the anime lovers, they were the artists, they were kind of like the self-isolated kind of don't really talk to everybody else group. But then I also hung out with the, but I was also a band, a band kid. So I talked to all the band kids, Mm -hmm. but I was also friends with a lot of the athletes. So I talked and had friends with the athletes and some of the popular kids. Right. And weirdly, I didn't fit into any of them. (laughs) Maybe just we're the weirdos. I think we're the weirdos, Andy. I think we are. So, but uh, anyway, though, so high school musical, long story short is um, about these two, these two high schoolers, Troy and Gabriella who meet, 
one night on New Year's Eve and the next school semester starts back up and Gabriella is the new girl in school and she and Troy kind of talk about potentially auditioning for um, the musical because they sang karaoke at this ski resort on New Year's Eve that they really enjoyed singing together. So they decided to try out for the musical and it causes all this chaos and it's great and it has great musical numbers and it, you know, it spawned two sequels because it was a really big impactful thing yeah. where in the next sequel, you know, they have summer jobs working at Sharpay, who's the popular girl, but also the theater kid um, at her parents, you know, country club. And then in the next movie, it's their senior year. So it's just, it, these are really good films with really good messages and really great music. And I thoroughly enjoy them. And I've gone back and watched them even with Disney plus coming out. I've gone back and watched them already. Um, <laughs> and I love them to death and they're my favorites. So Andy, what's Fantastic. another one of your 2000s favorite? Oh, one of my favorites. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna say this and you're going to be like, what this breaks. One of the things you said at the, st- the, the top of the episode, um, Spider-Man two. You know what's interesting? Yeah. I would say that. Uh-huh. But technically, that's not a part of the... It is part of the MCU, but it's not a part of the MCU that Disney owns. It was before that. So Right. So it, it is a Marvel film. It is not part of the Marvel Cinematic Shared Universe. Yes. Right. That is a very important distinction. Um, because, yeah, but pr- any of the movies that came up before Iron Man are not part of the Shared Universe because they were not made by Marvel films. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's that's how you tell Um, Spider-Man was made by Columbia TriStar under the Sony banner because they had the they have still the license to make Spider-Man films. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, so Spider-Man 2 at the time it came out in 2004. Mm -hmm. The budget for that movie was approximately two hundred million dollars, which today, you know, like that's what summer blockbusters cost when you account for inflation and, you know, like (laughs) everything. Right. But. In mm-hmm. 2004, 200 million was the most expensive movie ever. Oh yeah. Um, it was about the same cost as Titanic, mm-hmm. which came out a few years, seven years earlier. Um, but also inflation. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, yeah, Spider-Man Two just was a huge move. Like it was a big, big deal. Um, but then it brought in 789 million in the box office. Mm-hmm. So almost four times what it cost. Yeah. Uh, that's that's pretty good success. Oh, yeah. Um, so, I mean, like, I'm going to presume everyone knows who Spider-Man is, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Um, yeah. Spider-Man 2 was the one with Tobey Maguire. The second one was Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man, Kirsten Dunst's Mary Jane, um, directed by Sam Raimi with Alfred Molina as Dr. Octopus. Yeah. Um, the reason that this movie is, is is still one of my favorite superhero movies and movies of this time period ever is there is one specific scene. Uh, I went and saw this movie opening morning. Like I had the okay. day off and I went to like, like first showing that day. Cause I, what, like I, midnight showings are fun sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, but often like I go to bed around 10, right. So staying up for midnight showing is kind of a chore for me, but yeah. uh, there was a period in time where I just didn't work Fridays so if there was a movie I really wanted to see, I would just go to a theater first thing Friday morning, like wake mm-hmm. up, shower, eat breakfast, get on a bike or a bus or whatever, get to the theater, be there at like 945 yeah. so that I could get there for the 10 o'clock showing. That's mm-hmm. the deal with Spider-Man 2. There were like two other people in the theater besides me, um, which is not bad for the day the movie opened. Yeah. 
Um, but I forgot that I was watching a movie at one point during this film. And it's the scene where um, it's about, about three quarters of the way through. And okay. Dr. Octopus has broken the brakes on the train. Mm-hmm. And Spider-Man is trying to stop the train from um, going off the rails, literally going off the bridge and killing everyone on board. And yeah. so he sh- he's shooting his webs on the sides of the buildings and trying to to make like a like a effectively like a net with him in the center. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, anyone who's seen this movie knows this scene. Yeah, I know the scene. OK, so the thing about this scene is that it actually got me on the edge of my seat. Oh, wow. And I remember being so excited and so like, oh my God, is Spider-Man going to do this? Can he succeed or is he going to die? I actually thought, is Spider-Man going to die? And then I thought, (laughs) no, dummy. The movie's called Spider-Man 2. Of course he's going to live. And I sat back in my seat and relaxed and just enjoyed the rest of the movie. But it got me. Yeah. It got me for like 15 seconds where I was I was right there, edge of my seat, leaning, fingers on the seat in front of me because this is back when it was the stadium seating before everything moved to the fancy recliner chairs. Yeah. Right? Like, I was in. I was 100% in. Like, nice. they got me. And I can't, I can't take that away from that. I, can't, I cannot take that feeling away mm-hmm. from the movie because no other movie has ever done that to me. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Also, it's still super fun. Like, it holds up. There's a couple things in it where it's like, all right, it was 2004. They hadn't quite totally figured out all of the superhero formula stuff, but it's pretty damn close. Okay. So, uh, yeah, Spider-Man 2 holds up. It's still my favorite of all the Spider-Man, all six of the Spider-Man movies that have been made. Seven? Seven now. Yeah. Seven. Yeah. yeah. Are, you, are you counting Into the Spider-Verse? Oh, uh, eight. eight. <laughs> I don't okay. know. However many Spider-Man movies there have been in the last two decades... It's okay. still my favorite one out of all of them. Fair enough. Yeah. Although Fair it is enough. Spider-Verse is pretty great. That is a really good one. Yeah. Yeah. So. Hey, uh, name a third favorite movie of yours from that decade. So this third favorite is an interesting one that many people just don't expect from me. Um, so I want to tell you a little story of how I discovered this film one night. Okay. Uh, this was, it was late one night. I, I think I woken up in the middle of the night, just could not fall back asleep. Mm-hmm. It was uh, probably 2006, 2007 at the time when I had found the movie, but the movie came out in 2005. Okay. Um, but I was up and I was just like, I can't fall asleep. I just can't. So I flipped on the TV, went through the, went through the channel selection because we had direct TV. So I was flipping through uh, everything. And this was like in my bedroom. Um, and I came across this one title on the t- TV and I was just looking at it going like, what the hell is this? <laughs> what is this movie? Um, and the movie is called The Island, and it stars oh, yeah. yeah, and it stars Ewan McGregor and Scarlett Johansson. Ah, uh, yeah. So this was at the point where I was at my like Star Wars like high. Like this is when I was watching them religiously every single weekend. Not saying that I still don't, <laughs> but at this time it was like I was. They were always on repeat practically. Mm-hmm. Um, so Ewan McGregor was just like, the moment I saw the name, I was like, oh, that's Obi-Wan. What is this movie? And I threw it on and I watched it. Um, and it was, it was a trip of a film. I don't think I could have gotten through it if I had watched this before I ever saw Star Wars. Interesting. Okay. Um, so what the movie is about is it is about these 
two people, Lincoln Six Echo and Jordan Two Delta. Uh, so Ian McGregor, who's Lincoln, and Jordan, who is Scarlett Johansson, mm-hmm. um, who were living in this nice facility that uh, houses the remaining people who have survived the contamination to Earth. Mm. And um, and every now and then, more and more people show up uh, from the outside world, from the contaminated world, and they're surprised that they're finding more and more survivors type of thing. Um, and it also stars Steve Buscemi in it, which is fantastic. Um, it's got a lot of really big names, actually. If you if you looked at the cast list for this movie, you'd go, holy crap, there's a lot of big names in this movie. How have I not seen this? Um, but so they, they end up uncovering uh, a really big dark secret about the facility when Jordan uh, gets announced that she is going to this place called the island because they have this thing called the lottery. Okay. That every single day they will announce a new person who will go to the island, this contaminated free location in the world where they can go and live in paradise and everything will be great. Well, Ian McGregor's uh, character Lincoln under un- uncovers that uh, everything's a lie. <laughs> oh no. And the island doesn't exist. So it results in this huge adventure where they actually go into the outside world and they actually find themselves in like Yuma, Arizona and, you know, trying to run away. And it's this huge thing where like you're like you're actually surprised. And I don't want to spoil too much because it's actually a really good film. And it's surprisingly like action packed and just like deep and kind of like freaky in a way. Um, It is directed by Michael Bay. I do have to put that out there because I know a sure. lot of people are very criticizing of his work. I mean, but this is yeah. one of the films that came out before Transformers that just, <laughs> it is really freaking good. Like, okay. I find myself every once in a while sitting down to watch it. Like, I actually asked for it for Christmas and my parents were like, where did you find this movie? I'm like, I don't know, just friend recommended it. <laughs> huh. Type of things. I didn't want to admit that I found it late one night on HBO. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's, it's really good. It's very action-packed. If you like Ewan McGregor or you like Scarlett Johansson, go watch the movie. I highly recommend it. Okay. So that's all I have to say. Excellent. I Excellent. don't know if it's on anywhere, but go watch it. Yeah. So. Oh, which one of mine do I want to do next? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Rocky Balboa from 2006. Oh. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. So here's the thing about the 2000s is I spent the first chunk of that decade working at Blockbuster Video. Mm-hmm. So uh, I kind of didn't see a lot of movies after I left working at Blockbuster because okay. I was just sort of done. Like I just needed a break. Mm-hmm. So I kind of I saw all the comic book movies. I saw uh, like sequels and stuff. But I didn't like go see a lot of new things, which, you know, that might be part of the reason that we're in this world now of, of sequels and remakes all over the place. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, that's that is how it is. Anyways, Rocky Balboa was is is the sixth part of the Rocky franchise. Um, still, Sylvester Stallone had been going on for years about how like he wrote Rocky six. It was really good. But like four and five, especially five, didn't perform as well as uh, anyone expected to. So. Mm-hmm. Like, he kind of wasn't able to get any studio to pick it up. Finally, it happened, and mm-hmm. he was able to make the movie. Um, it took 16 years for, mm-hmm. for them to, to, you know, make the movie. Um, and on a budget of $24 million, they brought in $156.2 million. So, wow. uh, yeah, huge box office success. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah, and it's it's you know effectively Rocky's last hurrah, right? Mm-hmm. So it is Rocky Balboa was the world champion at one point, and and um, on an ESPN you know like yesterday's champ versus today champ kind of virtual fight, uh, the ESPN commentators think that they they believe that uh, Rocky could beat today's champion Mason the Line Dixon. Um, and that kind of gets in Mason Dixon's head and he's like, I don't, I don't think that Rocky could beat me. I think I'm better than he would have been. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, then Rocky's like, well, I'm old and I just own a restaurant now and I don't, I don't want to fight anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, events in the movie unfold the way that they do. And, and, uh, you know, they end up having their match and, uh, I'm not going to spoil the way that it goes, but <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, hey, I just spoiled the first three quarters of the movie, but it's a Rocky movie. You know it's going to end in a boxing match. That's what Rocky yeah. movies do, right? So, um, yeah, yeah. Anyways, it's it's uh, it was one of those movies that, like, it has really good life lessons. It is really nice to see a movie uh, starring an older actor mm-hmm. where it isn't about him <laughs> dating somebody half his age or whatever, right? Yeah. Like, no, Rocky's old and broken down. You know, but he has a lot of like life experience and wisdom to share with people. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's, you know, it's, it's fun to go back to that. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, I don't know, like part of this decision, like when I was looking at movies to put on this list, I, I looked up and I actually have a giant framed poster of this movie from when I bought a, uh, a clever Lang Mr. T-shirt. Mm-hmm. Um, it just came with a free Rocky Balboa poster. And I was like, yeah, okay, cool. And I got it framed and, and that just kind of hangs in my bedroom now. Um, so that probably influenced uh, my, my choice to see this movie or mm-hmm. to add this movie to the list. But anyways, yeah, it's fun. Uh, if you yeah. like boxing movies, you probably like this one. Yeah. Yeah. All right, cool. All right. Uh, last pick, Stephanie. What's your, your last favorite movie from what you chose for this episode? So when I was thinking about, you know, when we would discuss the 2000s, what my favorite movies would be, you know, I really I sat down and I, I wrote a list of of all the films. And there were there were a lot that I listed. And I was like, oh, man, but this one was so good. But this one was so good. And this one was and, you know, kind of going on and on. But there was one that was completely obvious from the start what my favorite of the 2000s was. Okay. And that was 2005. Star Wars Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith. Sure. Yep. <laughs> yeah. 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 That, that tracks. Yeah. Um, and if any of you, I think I've mentioned this before on the series on on Atomic Monsoon, but uh, Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith was the first one I ever saw in theaters. It was the first Star Wars film I ever saw in theaters. And Andy, very much like you, you know how you said you sat on the edge of your seat for Spider-Man Two. Yeah. That was me. Obi-Wan versus Anakin. Like that was me. That okay. whole fight. I was like. Okay. Yo, because I had seen the other five films before episode three. I had sat sure. down, I'd watched them. Um, I retained enough knowledge to go in and watch this with enough knowledge beforehand of what everything of everything else that happens before, everything that happens after, that I kind of watched as all the pieces perfectly came together. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it, it is such... I mean, the movie is such a big impact for me. I have it in video game form. Mm-hmm. I have the novelization, which I have actually gone in and done like, you know, when you used to do book reports and you actually had to write on like sticky notes and put the sticky note in the book um, because you had to, you know, take note of like certain things you were seeing in the book for your book report. Yeah, I did that to this episode three book and it never was a book report. I just did it because I could. (laughs) (laughs) All right. 
And because it was like, oh, these subtle differences are different than the movie. Here, let me write these. It's just like, yeah. And yeah. I've I, I've even gone through um, uh, because in a there is a I think it's a Ralph McQuarrie who did all the beautiful like paint. If you've ever seen like the Star Wars paintings and designs and arts, there Ralph McQuarrie was responsible for like a majority of those. I think I think all of the for the first six films, okay. um, which are they're just all stunning and beautiful. But there is a book of I think art and moments and photos of just Episode Three. Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of like the making behind it and everything. And in the very yeah. back of it was the script to the film. Mm. And uh, this was like, you know, the book, the book came out much like years later, obviously. But, you know, I found it one day, rent, you know, checked it out of my school library, took it home, read it. And in the back where I had, you know, the script, I was reading through it. And, you know, there were even subtle differences in the script than there were in the actual film. And I'm sitting here going like, oh, my God. Yeah. So. You know, episode three was kind of just, it was a really impactful movie for me. It is my favorite Star Wars film of all time. And, you know, and I could have, and obviously I'll I'll give a nod toward Attack of the Clones. uh, Because that was the first one I actually ever watched, oddly enough. Mm -hmm. Um, And obviously I'll definitely give my nod to Clone Wars because that, that was my, that was my new spark of, you know, new Star Wars that was coming out that I really dived into and watched from like the moment it came out till the moment it ended literally three weeks ago. (laughs) Right. Right. Um, and you know, and, and the thing with episode three is that, so someone actually is, uh, they're taking the final four episodes of clone wars and episode three, and they're actually editing scene. They're actually editing it together to make one big three to like four hour long film. Oh, interesting. Okay. Because there are perfect, just intertwining moments in the clone wars episode that fit, Uh with episode three and it would just be amazing to watch. And, you know, and episode three is the one star Wars one that actually gets me to cry. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, and it, I feel like with the clone wars added in there, I would just be sobbing the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, Oh no, it's so sad. And I mean, it just, I, I could say more and more and more about my crazy love and obsession for this movie. I mean, I've got like the first 30 minutes memorized. Sure. Um, so it's just, I, I really do love this film. It is, it is a very important film to me. It's a very impactful film. Um, and I knew that when we do the 2000s movie, I could not leave it out. I had to have it in there. So. Sure. Yeah. All right, yeah. Andy, what I is mean, your last yeah. film? Oh, my last film. Uh, or did so you have like, something to add to that? <laughs> uh, I was just going to say, I mean, obviously we've talked about Star Wars a lot on this show. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, and, and episode three was probably... Uh, I never saw the original trilogy in theaters. Like mm-hmm. I just, I never got that opportunity. Episode three was probably my favorite one that I did see in theaters. Um, especially of the prequels. Like it is, I, I think it is far and away the best of the, the prequel trilogy. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah, the fight on the fight over the lava between Anakin and Obi-Wan is, is it's a fun battle. Um, and I know there's some people that are like, Oh, but the heat would kill them. And it's like, yeah, but they have laser swords. Like you have to kind of throw some physics out the window. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we fine. call it star. We call it star Wars physics. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, it's fine. Well, yeah. Little fun tidbit about that fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, those were not stunt doubles. That was actually Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christensen because they practiced that fight every single day for hours and hours and hours and hours until they finally filmed it. Perfect. That's awesome. That's so, so that's cool. so the speed that they're going at is actually the speed that they were rehearsing at. And I, and as someone who's part of a lightsaber group, that is, yeah. I bow to that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, all right, Andy, what is <sighs> okay. your last one? So my last movie, I don't know that this is necessarily 
like my favorite. I didn't save the best for last. I think of of my list, Spider Man's probably the the my favorite of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but this this movie, uh, Underworld from two thousand three. Oh, okay. Um, it's it's one of those movies that I know it's not great, but I still love it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it is all style over substance, but God damn, it's a cool style. Oh yeah. Um. So, so Underworld, for anyone who doesn't know or has forgotten, is is the story about um, it's it's vampires versus werewolves, but with like machine guns and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, came out in two thousand three. Um, uh, was produced for a twenty two million dollar budget. Came back with ninety five point seven million dollars at the box office. So again, unqualified success. Um, uh, yeah, and so you follow Celine, who's played by Kate Beckinsale. As she is, uh, you know, she she is one of the the vampire hunters, um, or she is a vampire, um, and and that's her job. She's she's a death dealer. They call her. No, it's the death dealer, kind of right in the name. Um, and on this one mission, she figures out that the werewolves are hunting this one guy. Uh, and as they go through, they realize, oh, this one guy is descended from the first vampire and the first werewolf. And oh. he has the gene to become uh, the first hybrid, potentially, which is something that shouldn't be possible. You're either no. a vampire or a werewolf. And if you get bitten by both, you die. Yeah. But there might be something different with this guy because of his genealogy. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, yeah, the, the movie is is it. You know, it's everyone's wearing black leather and trench coats and shooting a bunch of guns because the bank scene in the Matrix was the coolest damn thing uh, of the last few years. Yeah. And so every action movie was like, hey, we're going to do that, too. Um, The thing about Underworld that is kind of interesting behind the scenes is that uh, there is a role playing game series called Vampire the Masquerade. Uh, and a companion called Werewolf the Apocalypse. And both of these are made by White Wolf Incorporated. And White Wolf actually sued the producers of Underworld because they claimed that the storyline in the movie and the concepts from it were too similar to things that came out of their role-playing games. Huh. Um, I didn't. I couldn't find what they had sued for, but mm-hmm. they, the lawsuit ended out of court in a confidential settlement. Oh. So whatever uh <laughs> whatever happened both parties went away okay with it mm-hmm. i guess um white wolf you know uh, assumedly got paid mm-hmm. um and the producers of underworld continued making more movies because there are four sequels to this movie there are um i i uh the first three of them well which is to say one and two and the third movie, which is a prequel, um, are all on Netflix currently. I watched the first two last week. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, man, I really loved seeing the second movie in theaters. And every time I've watched it not in theaters, it's been a little bit disappointing. And so I, I haven't gone back and watched all of them yet. Um, mm-hmm. I should. I should watch, you know, at least that prequel one, Rise of the Lycans. Uh, but uh, I'll get to it. Yeah. Um, anyways, yeah. Yeah, Underworld's super fun. I enjoy it. I know it's not a great movie. I know mm-hmm. that it's kind of silly, but I don't care because it's just it's flashy and fun. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, makes sense. Yeah. So all right. Well, here's the thing, Stephanie. Yeah. Um, we have like 
12 minutes left and we're done with our list of movies. Oh my God. What do we do now? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I guess we could just, I mean, we could quickly list and not without going into detail, but quickly list of maybe a couple of the other films we thought about mentioning maybe. Sure. Do you have one ready to go? I do have a couple ready to go. Sure. Name one. What's another uh, movie you liked from that decade? So this one is probably, so I'm just going to do this one first, but um, for my husband's liking and everyone else who enjoys the series, uh, the Lord of the Rings. Oh yeah. Yeah. Because those were, those oddly enough came out in the two thousands. Um, I thought for some reason nineties, but they were two thousands. Yeah. 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 Those, um, those would have been on my honorable mentions had we made more honorable mentions. Yeah. Um, the one that, but I, I just did that for him though. Cause he's a huge Lord of the Rings fan. Okay. Um, but my other favorite, uh, one that I really enjoyed that we have to kind of point toward is, uh, Harry Potter. Oh yeah. Yeah. Those things were kind of huge for that decade. Oh yeah. They were huge for that decade. But my, uh, my favorite is actually the order of the Phoenix, which is the fifth film. Uh-huh. I um, have not seen it. So. Yeah. Well, <laughs> fair <laughs> enough. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I, I liked order of the Phoenix. That's a good one. Um, okay. it's like, it's, it's actually about halfway through the whole series and when things start picking up toward the fi- the battle of Hogwarts and the final film, uh, which it didn't come out till the 2010s, but still a yeah. good movie. So what about I mean, you, Andy? You got another uh, quick one to throw out? Um, I'm looking. I'm looking. <laughs> Should I throw uh, another one out while you wait? <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, I, I didn't think we'd get through this so quick. Neither uh, did I. <laughs> we're getting better at this as we go along. We are. We really are. <laughs> All right, well, I got two um, more that I'll just throw out there while you're trying to find sure, some. Sure, sure. Uh, these are both musicals. Okay. Uh, the first one is Hairspray. I saw that, actually. Yeah. Yeah, it came out uh, yeah. in 2008 based off the Broadway musical. Uh, it was my first uh, exposure to that musical, and I thoroughly loved it and thoroughly enjoyed uh, all the actors and characters that were in it, from Zach Efron to mom? Amanda Bynes. Wait, is that the one where uh, uh, John Travolta plays the mom? Yep. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. Yes. Yes, and it's fantastic. Um, and then the other one is... One that came out in 2001 uh, called Moulin Rouge. Oh, yeah, that's pretty fun, too. Yeah. So yeah, I thoroughly enjoy both those musicals as well. Oh, man. Um, hearing, hearing Ewan McGregor sing, just oh, <laughs> love it. Love it. <laughs> that's fair. That's so. fair. Um, okay. So I saw Legally Blonde for the first time a couple weeks ago. Oh, and- uh, that movie is a lot smarter and a lot more entertaining than I ever would have expected it to be. Isn't it though? Yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, I, I listen, I will say I'm the jerk that judged that movie based on its title. Uh, yeah. and did exactly the thing that, uh, you know, you weren't supposed to do with that movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the you know, very thing that speaks out against like, yeah, I did it. it yeah. Trust me, I I did the exact same thing, and then I finally watched it one day. I think like over ten years ago, and I was like, "Oh, oh, what the hell? This is good." <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, how about Napoleon Dynamite? Oh, good lord! <laughs> I almost forgot about that film. <laughs> how did you feel about Napoleon Dynamite? Uh, I I remember watching it at a friend's sleepover at some point in elementary school, and I thought it was the weirdest film I'd ever seen. Is it okay? So I, but that's a compliment to the film. Sure. Okay. Good. Good. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, that and I was 
getting kind of, you know, get some buzz. And we were like, okay, well, everyone's talking about this. Let's go check it out. And um, uh, we walked out of the theater and we were like, what the hell did we just watch? <laughs> and both of us were like, I don't know, but I kind of liked it. Video way fast. It was a small independent movie, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and like it just kind of blew up and became really this did. like weird cultural phenomenon for a few years there. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, like I have a, a vote for Pedro wristband that I wear anytime there's an election going on. Yeah, um, I've seen that. Yep, yep. Uh, yeah, sometimes I work when there's not an election going on too, but especially when there are. Um, yeah, I don't know. It 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 is a weird movie. Uh, mm-hmm. My brother hates it. Like my brother doesn't understand what's enjoyable about that movie whatsoever. And I'm like, that's kind of it. It's not enjoyable, and that's what's so fun about it. And he's like, that's the dumbest thing you've ever said. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Oh, all right. Yeah. 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 Makes sense. Um. Yeah, we still have a few minutes. Did you, uh, Cloverfield? Did you ever see Cloverfield? I did not. No. Okay. So, Cloverfield was just kind of okay as a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, doing the God from the point of view of aren't the people trying to stop him? That's kind of an interesting take. Uh, and doing it with Cam Blairway style thing, like, all right, that was kind of cool. The thing about Cloverfield was that the original trailer didn't tell you the name of the movie. I remember that. Oh, my God. Yeah. Like, it was just a trailer that just, like, oh, these there's these, you know, dumb kids at a party. And suddenly, things are blowing up and exploding. And the Statue of Liberty's head rolls down, you know, the street. Dude, that trailer freaked me out as a kid. There's a reason why I didn't go see it. Yeah. Yeah. No idea. Like, right? There was just no one had any idea what that movie was, was going to be. Um, and, like... It wasn't like I think this that trailer came out over the summer, like January, uh, and there was just like somehow people pieced together that, like that trailer was for a movie called Cloverfield, and we were like, "What the hell is a Cloverfield? Like this doesn't make any sense." And mm-hmm. yeah, like the marketing behind that movie I think was better than the movie itself. Um, I've heard that. <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, it's fine. Like I think it, it was worth seeing once, and I mm-hmm. might have seen it. I did get a little bit of motion sickness uh, seeing it in theaters. Um, I may have sat a little bit too close and had a little bit too much butter on my popcorn. Mm. Um, but uh, I don't know. It was kind of fun. All right. So yeah. Hey Andy, did you did you ever see the uh, either of the Charlie's Angels movies that came out in the two thousands? You know, I saw the first one. I didn't ever see the second one. Okay. I have seen both, and I I, both, I I thoroughly enjoy those. I actually had that originally listed because I really enjoyed the second one. Okay. Um, it just because it, right? Yeah. Yeah, and it, it, it's it just it's such a great film, and I really enjoyed it, and I thought it was really funny, and plus it it provides one of my favorite lines that I'm not going to say on on the air just because it's not really. I don't I don't say I don't I don't want to say it's culturally acceptable, but it's kind of. Um, Sure. There's the yeah. naughty word in there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh no no no. It's not. There's no. There's actually no naughty word about it. Like there's oh. no naughty word at all. It's literally, um, it's said by uh, oh god, what is his name? Bernie. Um. Bernie Mac. Yes. Okay. It's said by Bernie I... Mac, and it's in regards to uh this one moment where uh the angels and this and the the person they're fighting. I think it's uh. Demi Moore's character 
Um, and they're swinging down from like the rooftop of this LA hotel. And he makes a comment as they're flying through uh, downtown LA during a, downtown Hollywood during uh, a movie premiere. And mm-hmm. it's absolutely hilarious. I lose it every time he says it, okay. but I'm not going to say it. <laughs> okay. It's, okay. No, yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I saw the first one, but I didn't really feel the need to, uh, to see a sequel. I, you know, I liked it enough and that was, that was yeah. good. That's fair. I mean, for me, it it was a thing where it was like on TNT or TBS or something and my parents were watching and I sat down and watched it with them and I was like, oh, this is cool. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, In that case, I probably. Yeah. In that case, I probably would have watched it, too. Okay. So. So. Okay. Well, we're uh, actually out of time now. (laughs) Oh, well, darn it. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Hey, you guys got a whole bunch of bonus content that we didn't even plan on. Um, exactly. Yeah. So if you would like more weird bonus content, I don't know, uh, you should follow us on social media, I guess. That's the thing people do, right? Yeah, they do that. Yeah. So you can find us at Atomic Monsoon on Twitter and Facebook. You can find us at Atomic underscore Monsoon on Instagram. Um, email us at AtomicMonsoon at gmail.com. And you can find us on YouTube, where I've been posting most of our episodes. Yeah. Uh, and our Redbubble store. Um, I actually just bought an Atomic Monsoon sticker that I'm going to put on some stuff uh, for when the plague is over uh, to help people find the show better. So, awesome. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm planning to buy a poster to hang up in my classroom so my students will look at it and go, what's that? And then I have to explain it to them. And then they'll have to go listen. <laughs> Perfect. Fantastic. So. All right, guys. Well, um, I don't know. That's That's all I got. That's all I got, too. Everyone have a good weekend. Yeah. Have a good week, guys. Hopefully we'll see you next time, and uh, the world will be a better place. And may the force be with you. I don't, I don't have anything funny to say. Okay, bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>